Hello, God bless and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty. You're watching the God Logic Project, where we discuss maintaining a Christian worldview in a post-Christian America. Tonight, we're talking about uh, services offered to people who have just recently left prison or jail. Uh, as a guy that's preached in jails for a long time, uh, I know this is a big problem. These people have a big solution. I'm going to introduce you to my guests here in a minute via the Zoom app because of the coronavirus. But first, we're going to play the intro music. Hello, God bless, and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty, and this is the God Logic Project. Shut up, Kevin. All right, so that's uh, that's the kind of the bizarre intro I seem to do. I want to introduce you to my guests live via the Zoom app. I have uh, Samantha Lindsay, and I have Carrie Goulston. Did I say that right? Perfect. Okay, you guys, Carrie first. If, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Lindsay, uh, Samantha, how many names do we got in this show? Samantha, yes. first, if you would just kind of introduce yourself, let the folks know what you do, and then, Carrie, if you would do the same, uh, that would be awesome. Sure thing. So my name is Samantha Lindsay. Um, I am the creator of Recover Your Life, the nonprofit, and what I do currently is I work with inmates and mentorship and work with them to find housing, uh, rehabilitation, <laughs> training, life skills, and job training, as well as finding them employment. Currently, I'm the state representative for Florida for CR Inside, which is the jail and prison uh, ministry for Celebrate Recovery. Uh, what that entails is I build teams and we get the word out and we make sure all the jails and prisons in the state of Florida have the resources and books that they need to carry on step studies and have the 12-step program inside their facility. Um, and along with that comes with you know working with chaplains and DOCs because once these inmates are released, the next question is, is where do I live? Where can I go? Where can I go for transitioning? Where can I get employment? That also prompted me that I also run a Facebook group, which is just more of collaboration to kind of help people in goodwill um, across the whole nation in the United States called Jobs for Felons. And what that has done is it's brought people that have misdemeanors or felony backgrounds together with employers that are offering second chance employment. And we know with Trump passing the Second Chance Act last year that uh, the funding that is available, there's $60 million now available for um, programs like this to come about and get funding to create just exactly what we've done, which is housing, transitional, job skill, life skill training, and then the employment side. Because we all know without money, if we can't make money, um, we go right back to the life that we, we were in, unfortunately, yeah, because we have to survive somehow. So that's, that's pretty much what I do in a nutshell. I'm also a business owner and a consultant today, um, which I saw the power and what my business is and how I can build teams and scale my business and take that and teach others how to do the same that I've done as a felon. Um, and also employing felons. Right. So you're uniquely qualified, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, but you're uniquely qualified to provide the kind of services that you provide because of your background. And we'll unpack that a little bit more as we go. Carrie, let the audience know who you are, what you do, and uh, how, what is your relationship to Recover Your Life? Thank you, Kevin. And how's everybody doing out there? I hope everybody's safe and yep. finding things to do and staying busy because uh, probably during this time is probably very frustrating for people not being able to go to the movies and uh, watch sports on TV. I'm a big sports person, so it's probably very frustrating for people right now, not totally knowing what's going on. Um, but 
from what I've observed, I just wanted to tell people my successful action is use this time to really improve your life in any way you can study books, listen to lectures, talk to old friends you haven't talked to in years and really take advantage of this downtime. If you have downtime and reconnect with people, that's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm working on some different projects. I'm actually doing more than I was before this whole thing happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but as far as who I am, I, um, I'm the president of the global pioneers, which is a nonprofit and we work all over the world. We have done everything from bringing hundreds of doctors and paramedics to Haiti after the earthquake to helping get children out of comas in Sri Lanka, um, working with different governments, Brazil, uh, Nigeria. Uh, um, I went to Sudan working with the government there on conflict resolution to help stop the war between the Muslims and the Christians back in 2002. Mm -hmm. um, so our organization is involved with just total education and humanitarian work. I mean, that is really, it, it happens in so many ways, like working with Samantha on the Recover Your Life program it, it's so unique. It's so needed and wanted what she is doing where somebody who wants, who's coming out of prison, you've done your time and you want to get your life together. And I believe me, I've worked in correctional facilities and it's rough and not necessarily a rehabilitation kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. In my personal opinion. Yeah. yeah. When, but let's say a person's made a mistake and every one of us has made mistakes I mean, it all it takes is just one drunken moment and boom, your, your life has changed. Yeah. Um, so many things can happen in a stressful situation or in life. We've all made mistakes. I probably could say every one of us probably could have been in jail easily at least once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I may not have gotten what I wanted, but at least I never got what I deserved. That's what I tell folks. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the fact remains that if a person has enough knowledge and has enough common sense and has enough tools for life, then the, the chances are, and I'm sorry for the glare on my glasses, okay. the chances are that they're probably going to be much more successful and in a lot better situation to make right decisions and handle the stresses of their life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with lacking in tools, your car breaks down, you're in the middle of a highway and you don't know what to do just because you don't know enough about cars. So, I love what Samantha's doing because what she's doing is so cutting edge and innovative innovative, and also needed and wanted because she's taking a person who's come out of a very bad situation and helping them get their life back together again, not just providing you with um, a safe place to be where you can really start again and get a fresh start, but also a job, which is important because you need to start having the energy to get your life together. Yeah. And then you also need training so you can sort out the reasons you got into that situation in the first time. You look at a child or a young person or a teenager, he drives your car into the, into the tree. How are you going to handle that situation so that he doesn't do things like that? Right. There's some education involved in that. Very important. And we don't always get those life skills and that uh, common sense mentality from our school system, from our high schools. I, I honestly, I went to a Boston school in Boston and there's a lot of missing pieces for a person's uh, foundation of your life, how you're going to be successful. And we see, we see this all around us where people are messing up, they're drinking, they're doing things that are ending up in 
a very, very, very bad situation. So I first wanted to plug Samantha and what she's doing. It's phenomenal because she's got the whole package, the education, the job, and it's really a winner and it could be a model for really the whole United States. So I'm very proud of her. She's got her heart is there. All she does is care about people. That's all she does. Yeah. So um, lastly, I, I, I know I'm talking a lot, but I guess I'm going to plug my program, which is um, I'm the executive director also of the how to make good choices program. Yeah. How do we get that? I'm going to be showing your website, I believe. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I have your this website is, queued up. And, and these we give away for free. We don't like, I'm not selling this book. Okay. We we're creating an ebook right now so that everybody can get this book for free. Mm -hmm. Just this year alone, we had this book translated into Russian, German, Italian, Nepal language, and uh, Spanish. Yeah. This is basically a non-religious common sense guide to better living. So it's basically common sense. So what's common sense? I and mean, we, parents and teachers everywhere like we try to use common sense with our young people this book really just lays out the very 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 basic uh principles like for example let's take what's going on right now take care of yourself get help when you are sick and why very simply stated mm. uh keep your body clean well <laughs> uh what can i say but it says here, if you don't wash your body often, you can have germs. Germs can cause illness. Make sure you take a bath or a shower often and wash your hands when they are dirty. Yeah, yeah. And then you have eat well, eat well, get rest. Now, I, I was in the Orlando public school system working um, with high schools and junior high schools. And I surveyed every class. And guess what I found, Kevin? Oh, 90% 90, 90 of the students that I surveyed didn't eat breakfast before they came to school and got less than six hours of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. 90%. And the teachers are included. The teachers aren't getting sleep. The students aren't getting sleep. And so they're in that classroom hungry and tired. How are you going to graduate? How are you going to learn properly? Um, if you don't take care of your body and then we talk about putting drugs in your body, which are poisons and then other things like setting a good example for others. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. important. So that's the Good Choices program. We've trained 800,000 students in four years in 15 countries. Um, from While Ukraine. we're on the topic, I'll show your website right now. Uh, thank you. Uh, did I pick the right one? Yeah. All right, folks, you're looking at it right now. Uh, goodchoices.us. That's goodchoices.us. Uh, you got all the information you need under there. You can contact them uh, for any, any additional information. And uh, uh, if there's any way that... Uh, if there's any way that uh, that people are in need of this program, they can contact you through the website, and you can coordinate uh, uh, getting these resources to them right right from the website. Is that how it works? Yeah, any educator we like right now we're in twenty five thousand schools. So if, if let's say somebody's homeschooling, or let's say somebody has a, some kind of school and they want to put the program in, we have a course, simple, very simple. And we have the book in multi languages. Um, Chinese ones coming out this week, French one next week, but we let's just say us all right we're here in us um if somebody wants to put the program in it's a really a piece of cake we can send them everything on email and they're good to go and that is so we look at a thing we look at well we look at the early intervention that you're talking about carrie and then the the later intervention that that samantha is talking about it comes down to for me what i see over and over and over again 
is a breakdown in the family unit. So these kids are not getting the very basics of personal hygiene, right? So I'm, I raise an 11-year-old boy by myself, and uh, wow, it is, uh, it is, he relies on me at 11 years old to remind him to brush his teeth still. You know, so uh, you don't. Uh, parenting is a is a is a dynamic relationship, right? So these yes. these kids may not now. AJ's blessed to be to have a father that's available. I work here at the church, so I'm home most of the time. That can, can that can stay on top of these things for him and with him. Uh, but not most kids I that I deal with as adults. I deal with them once they're in jail or or in recovery. Uh, there, there was no family structure go, leading into it. So what was lacking, Correct. and you might look at this, uh, Samantha, you might already offer this, but some kind of parenting classes for these kids, besides the ones they take just to get custody of their kids back. Uh, right. There, it, there is a, uh, it's the most important job these people do. It's the most important job I have, and uh, and they need to take it kind of that seriously. So the uh, all too often we think we have bad kids rather than, kids that lack structure. Now, I, I got in a lot of trouble as a kid, and I came from a good family, but both of my parents worked, and I had I had no structure. I got to do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it, and it led to addiction problems and crime problems and everything that goes along with that. So uh, the, the what's killing our country more than anything across the board is the breakdown of the family unit and the importance of that uh, to build that foundation. Now, I'm, I'm on my fourth, I'm raising my fourth child now, and uh, wow. he's doing great. He's a great little guy. But not every child has that kind of input, especially, I hate to, I'm not bragging, but something like 4% of the single fa- uh, parent homes are the dad. 96% yeah. of them are the mom alone. Well, men need a male role model. Women need a female role model. And the truth is women need a father figure as well uh, to make stronger choices. So the, the, uh, the number one thing I deal with when I, when I go to jail, I've been preaching and teaching in jails for I don't know, eight or nine years now. And the number one thing that I run into is when I leave this jail, when I leave Land O'Lakes, and if you're familiar, it's in the middle of nowhere, I walk out of here with a bus pass and that's it, right? Yes. So uh, the, the number it. one question that they have for me when, when my little meeting or service is over is how can I get residential training? How can I get a job? How can I begin to get uh, uh, so I can get a car again? You live in Florida. You live in Tampa Bay. You need a car. It's very hard to use public transportation. I live just off US 19, where there's a lot of buses, and still, I mean, they only run every 45 minutes or an hour, and it's a right. thousand degrees on US 19. So it's hard to stand out there and wait for a bus, you know. So the, uh, so I'm 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 throwing it to to uh, Samantha now. Uh, how could Recover Your Life help to coordinate the kind of uh, training and services, emotional training and services that they're going to need just to, just to get the break even, right? Just to have an average life and, 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 and squash the delusion that they're going to, if they sell drugs, they're going to, they're going to be rich and they're not going to get caught because it's never the case. So when I preach in jail and, and Land O'Lakes was voluntary, I'd get 15 guys and I'd open up with how many of you guys have been incarcerated here before 14 would raise their hand. And I, whatever plan they had the last time they got out of there, and I told them like it was, it sucked because here we are again, right? So we need to begin to develop a new plan once you get out of here. And and for me as a pastor, I try to plug them right into that, to drawing their self-worth from their relationship with their creator. But there's more to it than that, right? So, uh, uh, Samantha, what are some of the services you're offering or planning to offer to recover your life that people that they call me and, and, and I need resources I don't provide these resources, but I broker them. I send them to people that do. 
what would I tell those people that called me uh, that Samantha and uh, Lindsay and Recover Your Life can do for a family where their child is just getting out of jail or, or dad's just getting out of jail or prison or mom? What, how do we address that? What's the first thing we do? So the first thing I do is I, I find out what their location is, where they're going to be getting out of. And um, once I get my pilot up, I'll have a home as well, but only with a limited a number of beds. And, and to speak to what you just said, that was the one thing that I would, I would be asked as well. I, would, I was teaching in the Land O'Lakes Jail for a year and a half, and most of them that would come to program are repeat offenders. It's their fourth, fifth time being in there because that's usually when they're ready to finally change, yeah. you know, because the first or second time they still haven't had, a, they haven't had enough pain from what I, I would experience. And I know as well for myself, um, so with that said, it was always, I don't have anywhere to go when I get out. Um, do you know where I can live? And I need a job yeah. because they're required to pay. You know, most of these people, when they get out, they're required to make payments because they're still on probation or they have judgments to satisfy. Most of them have lost their driver's license and there's a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars in fines they need to pay off before they can get that driver's license back. And for Pasco County, especially, like you said, I lost my driver's license for five years. I, I had no way to drive, and it was because I had to satisfy all these judgments. I had to pay thousands of dollars, and I couldn't get a job. All I could get were minimum wage jobs. They needed to be on the bus line, exactly what you just described. Yeah. So that's why my wheels started spinning. You know, I'm like, how can I fix this? Um, so with Recover Your Life, my whole program model is just this. We create a housing residential program where there's on-site work from home employment. So I've already have businesses where we can contract with that are ready. I have the juvenile justice department who's going to be donating computers and headsets to my program. So we're going to be able to employ these people at the facility that they're working or I'm sorry that they're living at yeah. right yeah. so that alone is giving them an opportunity that they wouldn't have anywhere else you know and also it minimizes risk and liability because they don't have to leave the property to go work somewhere that may be a bad environment for them to work in on the outside yeah a lot of these minimum wage jobs, restaurants, you know, even some call centers out there, there's lots of drugs in those environments, you know, and it's really hard to stay in recovery when your coworker is high, yeah. you know? So if you, so that's why I created with recover your life. We have work from home opportunity at the facility. So with that said, we'll be working for other nonprofits doing inbound, outbound sales, you know, all kinds of jobs, data entry jobs, things that we can do in between our programs and other, and while we're learning life skills. So that alone will take care of the transportation issue and job issue by offering employment inside the facility. Yeah. And you can contract with these call centers to do some of the calls, maybe from your facility. And, and these people can then save up to, to, to buy a car because in, exactly. in Tampa Bay, you have to be mobile. It's a big thing. In fact, if you if they're going to go into the construction industry, everybody every ad says the same thing. Must have a, your own truck. Must have your own tools. Uh, they're, yeah. they're not picking you up, and you're not using their tools on the job. So the uh, uh, so the we take folks that uh, their most their most basic needs, their initial most basic needs are they need a roof over their head, they need something to eat, uh, you know, eat, sleep, bathe. Uh, these types of things. The next thing is they've got to get mobile again, right? 
And that yeah. means they've got to have some sort of income. So, so your plan to, to work from the facility is, is perfect because it gives them the opportunity. When I deal with new people in recovery, what I do with them is uh, we talk about setting up um, uh, unnatural boundaries at first. So if, you're, if your problem is, is hypersexuality uh, and you're a man, then it's, then it's very limited contact with women no social media. We set it up unnaturally. Until you're healthy enough to set up healthy boundaries, you're going to have to set up these unnatural boundaries. And, and our TN24 program that we used to run through the church uh, was the very same thing. No social media, no driving, even if you have a car, uh, no cell phone for the first 30 days or two, you phase up. So you had to have, yeah. you had to be, have a home group and a 12-step program. You had to have a sponsor uh, before you began to do those other things. So it, it's, it, it's, it's, very basic, very basic needs have to be met. And because they're not being met by people like you, the, the recidivism rate in Pasco County, like you said, and like I said, I see the same guy. I preached at Atlanta Lakes for year, years and, and 49th Street before that for years. And I would see eventually the same guys over and over and over again. Now, on 49th Street, they were compelled to be in my class or my speech, or my sermon. But Atlanta Lakes, it was voluntary. But I see friends of mine in there. I see guys that, I, I, that attended my church in there you know uh, i see them get out and i see them again in three or four months so it's there's something like what you're doing has to break this cycle because the cycle is absolutely vicious and then we can turn towards uh more advanced job skills parenting skills uh the spiritual and emotional training for them right you need to unpack yes. you need to unwind all the things that are causing this in their lives uh einstein says the the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again, but expect a different result. And that's what we do. That's what they do. That's what I did as an addict. And in any besetting sin I have, it's the same thing over and over again. I get another bad relationship thinking somehow it's going to be different this time, you know? So right. they, there's a lot of skills that they're going to have to learn through your program. So kind of lay that out. If, if, if you could lay it out almost progressively, what do we start with? And, and what's the, what's the end game? What's the plan once they're, uh, how long do they stay, uh, What's the plan once they've been through your program? So once they come in, of course, we do an assessment and they would be assigned a case manager. Obviously, in the beginning, that case manager is me. Right. So we look at what their needs are. What are what are their um, what judgments do they need to satisfy? What is the state and county asking from them first? Right. So what are what requirements do you need to meet to get off papers or not go back to jail? Number one. Number two, we look at what their capabilities are, um, what their educational background may be. Some people like myself, before I actually ended up in jail, um, I have an AA in criminal justice. I had a college education. I was, I could do higher level skilled position, you know, jobs per se. Um, However, the toll that you know, my addiction took on me, I had to rebuild back up to that. So even just having a basic course in class in the first 30 days to get a solid grounding for them for comprehension, um, understanding vocabulary, reading and writing, attention, you know, what is their attention span like? Not everyone's going to be a perfect job for data entry. Not everyone's going to be perfect fit for outbound sales, you know? So that's why we need to have different types of work from home programs so that we can accommodate peoples of all educational backgrounds and levels. And the thing with make, uh, how to make good choices, why I really like working with Carrie and his program is that a lot of these people haven't been taught 
these basic needs. And even though it seems like this program's structured for schools and kids in a young age, it's also written and presented in a way that it's really basic that anyone at any educational level, at any economic level, can sit down and understand and get good, you know, get a basic understanding of what it takes, how they need to take care of themselves, how they need to treat others, just really basic. Um, once that first 30 day period, and some people will be faster than 30 days, but in my mind, I see a good solid 30 day period on eating well, sleeping well, just establishing good, healthy habits. Then we do that assessment. We see, you know, what, where they need to be in six months, because my program, what I'm envisioning is going to be a six month, um, six month requirement to be in, right? So after six months, we're going to help you find housing and employment and onto your next phase in life, right? But in order to get to that point, we need to make sure that you're stable, you're able to learn, you're able to take care of yourself. Those are the, those are the, the first three things, stable, able to learn and able to care for yourself, yeah, right? Yeah. And that comes with eating habits, how to cook for yourself, even financial planning, how to understand finances. So what I've done is I've gone out and I've found people that are experts in all of these fields. I have um, a financial planning workbook and book actually written by Dan, Dave Ramsey that Generations started putting out in the Congregation Generations Christians Church. It's very basic and it's an easy to understand formula, how to get out of debt, how to handle income, and it's a whole workbook and you can write down and how to understand finances. So just having that program available and teaching that, um, how to make good choices, teaching that. Um, and as far as the job employment piece, I also want to know what they would like to do and maybe what career they would like to advance in. But in the beginning, we just need to make sure that their comprehension level is there, their accountability is there, and their commitment level is there, you know, in establishing good habits, getting them on a routine. And then with all the resources that I've connected on the outside with Jobs for Felons and all these other employers, so I really almost have like a funnel created that once I get with them in the six-month program, once they're with me for this six months and we get them stable, we get them healthy and they're able to care for themselves, they know how to handle their finances, they're working the 12-step program, um, we have, you know, Celebrate Recovery to handle with the spiritual guidance and outsiders coming in and teaching workshops at the end of that six months, they're going to have a really good understanding on life, how to handle life on life's terms. So it's not so scary. And then, and then even setting up where they have a transition to go from there, where they can get their own apartment and they yeah, can, yeah. they can get their own job once they leave my program. So it's going to be phases. It's going to be in steps. And the way that I'm handling it is it has to be case by case because everybody's needs are different. But once you step through the doors, it's it's really about an assessment. We need we need to see where they're at. And I'm already doing this one-on-one -on -one with people that I'm sponsoring and mentoring. I sit with them one-on-one. -on -one. We come up with a case plan. A lot of the some now some of the people that I, I handle, um, they've lost their kids. You know, so yeah. that's also an added thing. Well, what do we need? What are the requirements for your case plan? What is Baycare asking from you? What is the county asking from you? What do you have to complete in order to get visitation back? Well, obviously, housing and employment are number one and two. You can't get anything back without how you can't get your kids back yeah. Yeah. without housing and employment. So just a general assessment, getting them stable, 
um, of finding out where they are with their educational level and then and then putting them with the good fit, you know, getting that good match for them. So they'll be voluntarily at your facility. They won't be court ordered to stay there for six months or anything like that. Correct. I, I, I am going to require a contract. There's going to be a criteria that they will need to meet before they can come to my facility. And that's by me working very closely with the chaplains and the DOCs currently in program directors, because they, they will be able to communicate to me who's already doing programs inside, who's been consistent, who's ready. And you know what I mean? Because I can't just open the door and, and let anyone come in the bed and you've got someone that's been incarcerated for eight months and they haven't missed one program. They go over and beyond and beyond, you know, they're ready for this. And then, so it starts with them inside. There is a criteria they need to meet, you know, inside and working with the chaplain and program director, they'll be able to, to communicate that with me. Right. So you'll know, you'll already kind of know who's, who's open to this kind of progress and who's, you know, just trying to go through the system one more time. So, Carrie, then uh, it, it seems like the I always say that we I like to preach and teach my way out of business. So one day I would like where I, I show up at a, a prison and, and nobody's there. Right. Or I go to an AA meeting and I'm the only one there. Uh, I'm not supposed to say AA on, the, on this on the air, Internet. But uh, yeah. so early intervention is the key. So we, we look to work our way out of business right now. I don't think that's going to happen, but God willing, it will. So the uh, how do we get how do we get out in front of these of these problems? So I, I see Kerry's role uh, being critical in that he can develop the, he can help these kids develop the skills that they're not getting at home, and that it's it's too much to get through the school system uh, that that they that they do simple things like like you know Jordan Peterson has the nine rules, and one of them is make your bed, stand up straight. Uh, just very basic skills that that uh, adults don't have, right? So, how, Carrie, talk a little bit about uh, how important the early intervention is uh, for these kids, uh, even before they're reunited with with their potential parents, that they are already practicing or developing or learning self discipline, which is what I think is in a lot of ways missing from our society right now. How important is early intervention, Carrie? Well, you're nailing it right there. It's basically comes down to some real simple tools for living. So like anything, if you want to be really great at computers, you have to learn the basics of computers. If yeah. you want to be a great baseball player, you have to develop those skills. Some people have innate skills and they can hit a ball and they have good coordination or they can catch a ball, but maybe they just, if you want to become really good baseball player, you really have to work at all these different kinds of things. So let's take life. I mean, I wanted to tell you this uh, when you were asking me that question that, I think even great people, um, Mozart, even just great, great people that have potential can really mess up in life because they're just missing some key skills. What do you do when you're having a fight with your parents? What do you do when you're stressed out and you feel depressed or nervous or anxiety? What do you do when you lose someone you love? What do you do when you can't study and you just can't learn properly and you're in a class of 30 people and you're just not getting it? It's very frustrating. Or you can't deal with your homework or you can't deal with the teacher. The personality clash is killing you. What do you do when you don't know your purpose in life or you don't know what you want to do and you're in grad school and you've already spent $200,000 of your parents' money? <laughs> or, yeah. or just basic living situation, bills and work. And how do I work at a job I can't stand? How do I work with the boss I can't stand? 
people are constantly confronted with from morning till night difficulties with themselves unwanted feelings and emotions difficulty in life with bosses and parents and girlfriends and boyfriends and uh, whatever um relationship situations people are dealing with these things really can mess a person up and they make it hard to have a prosperous life a successful life so to me it comes down to having basic tools for living so you can deal with stress so you can build a relationship and not end up a statistic where 51% of all United States marriages end in divorce and that's devastating for our children when you have one parent over here and one parent over there how do you deal with these situations and i think that's what we're really talking about when you what we're really all getting at here is how can i be a happy guy a happy woman a happy child how can i be happy if my i saw a woman at walmart and her baby just wouldn't stop screaming and the woman got so upset she started grabbing the child and shaking the child stop crying stop crying and and i can promise you that's not a way to get a child to stop crying because the end product of that is the child is just going to really be traumatized yeah so i was in i was in walmart and a woman was holding her child and she was putting her groceries in her trunk with the child right here and she was and then the trunk fell on the child's hand Mm. and the child just started screaming and the mother just stood there look didn't know what to do i went over there and she she go what are you who are you and i said um i'm actually a trained counselor maybe i can help and she said okay she didn't know what to do so what i did was and i recommend this for anybody out there it, from whether you're upset by something or maybe even uh you got yourself drunk and you need to get yourself undrunk really fast uh or you had a fight with your wife or your girlfriend or your mom i recommend this is a wonderful tool go outside and start looking at things get your attention on that out there look at the trees look at the books look at the street look at the cars just walk around it could be 20 minute process of walking around and just looking at things yeah look at the car just keep walking and looking and keep looking and your attention will get extroverted. So I would did this with the little baby whose hand got I did that for about exactly 2 minutes and the baby started to stop crying like that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So it So it that's becomes- a beautiful tool. I, I don't know if it answered your question, but basically <laughs> have having tools that somebody can apply and get themselves out of a stressful situation. That's really what I think people need. So I would say I would say as a pastor when you when you when I was listening to you uh that what kept striking me what was on my heart while you were talking was that we also are dealing with a population that is unchurched now so for the first time in in the history of America uh we're a, we're a, a a post-Christian America now which is kind of where I fit in right so how do you be how do you develop normal living skills and maintain a Christian worldview. My question is, how do you do the things that you that he was talking about without that higher power relationship? So for me, I find people deriving their self worth from the wrong places, right? So mm-hmm. it's the next relationship. It could drink and drug and money status, whatever it is. It's idolatry. It's putting something before God. But we've raised a, a society, or we're entering into a generation of, of of Americans that are largely godless or unchurched. So. The, it becomes even more difficult, I think, to to uh, when 
when life seems like it has no meaning and, and not to quote Nietzsche or anything, but uh, yeah. the, uh, they were teaching these kids over and over again that, that the meaning of life is to be, is to be happy, is to be thin, is to be rich, is to be all these things. And when those things don't happen, they, we set these kids up with irrational and disproportionate expectations of what their life will be like. And, and you got to do whatever you got to do to get there. And they, they, we've misprioritized the things that are important. So, uh, I know the I know the uh, recover your life has is has a, a ministry side and a secular side, which is very interesting. Uh, but the mm-hmm. I, I would find it hard to when I deal with my guys uh, and I, I deal with men mostly uh, in one on one counseling. What I find more often than not is they they tend to want to develop a relationship with me or their church or their sponsor and 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 stop there right so they don't go beyond that relationship the relationship i encourage with their creator and in that in my life i've been saved only 10 years not even 10 years september will be 10 years been sober 31 uh you sober up a horse thief you still got a horse thief right you got to stop stealing horses too that's something i put off for a long 20 years of my recovery i was still running around like uh you know like uh a scared child whistling in the dark. I was 37 years old and I'm going to kill myself. This is 15 years ago or something like that. I don't have a friend in the world. I got employees and I have customers, but I don't have any friends. There's nobody for me to talk to. So then I went back to the rooms that night, the 12 step rooms and never left. Right? So the, the idea of getting through the things that our society has to get through without having some kind of uh, higher power relationship is it's scary to me, uh, that, 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 uh, Everything then becomes so subjective, uh, it could be dangerous. So when we talk about uh, having kind of a two-pathway system at Recover Your Life, uh, you're going you're gonna to offer particular uh, faith-based services for a group if they choose to take that path, and then, and then different, more secular services for a group. How, does that, how's that, how do you see that working out? I know that's a tough question. but um, Do you want me to answer that? Yeah. Okay. So the reason I did that is in hopes that I'm creating a funnel, right? So I'm, I'm able to reach people on both ends of the spectrum, you know, um, by having both options there, I'm not leaving anyone out, but I know from my experience and recover your life, I literally am modeling after my own recovery, you know, how I became, how I went from, you know, a crack addict, drug addict, fell into a business owner today and with a relationship with my higher power. And it was a process for me. So what I've done is I've created a program that's essentially that process because not everyone is ready to hear scripture or ready to dive into what a pastor is saying. And, and I, I share this in my testimony that it was a process for me. And I first had to believe that there was something greater on this planet than, than me, because I was all I thought about me, 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 (laughs) you know, and, and like you just said, there's a whole generation of people, including our own generation, that we we seek we seek in relationships. We seek drugs and alcohol. We seek other things to make us happy. We look. We try to find our self worth in other people, and that's where I kept tripping up. I kept failing over and over and over, and I was never happy. So until I finally could get outside myself and see that. 
There's no way that a human created the the universe. Yeah. There's no way that a human created everything we see around us, you know? And that was the real process of my spiritual journey. Now, I don't claim to be religious, okay? I, and there's a lot of things that I, the doctrinated part, like, but I believe in celebrate recovery. But I didn't always have that strong faith. It was a process for me. Yeah. So by creating the program, the way I've created it is I'm allowing anyone to be a part of it and not feel pressure to only believe in one way or another way. Cause essentially at the end of the day, we need to build your self-esteem, self-confidence. You need to know that you matter yeah. and no matter who you follow, who you worship, whatever that high higher power is, you know, we all have our own understanding from our, based on our own experiences and our own beliefs. I don't want to leave anyone out because they don't fit into my belief system. Right, right. Exactly right. I didn't have this belief system that I have now that I had five, you know, five years ago. And, and who's to say five years from now, my belief system isn't going to change, you know, because it's all based on our own experiences, our own journey and, and our own relationship with the higher power that we eventually find that spiritual connection, whatever it is that we connect to. Um, I, I, I am teaching the celebrate recovery program and the ministry side. And that is, and that's to open the door for that spiritual connection. So if you have, you know, you want to be involved in a faith-based program, well, that's, that's for you definitely. But I also teach celebrate recovery and life's healing choices to people who are non-believers and, and maybe they believe, but they don't believe in other things that, you know, that maybe the religion, or I don't know what I'm yeah, trying to say. Like doctrinal but, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor, I'm trying not to offend anyone, but <laughs> I have a good way of doing that sometimes. But like I said, it's a process. And, and for me, it was a process. I didn't believe in the beginning. And then I came to believe that there was something greater than myself. And then I came to believe that, you know, there was, there's something spiritual, there's something massive going on. There's something taking place that's so much bigger and stronger than any human could possibly do, yeah. you know? And, and then like, and I've shared this before, it wasn't until last summer that, uh, when my stepmother committed suicide, um, I, I had a whole nother level of spiritual awakening come upon me and a whole surrender where I hit my knees and without the recovery program and without celebrate recovery and, and my support system and the 12 steps and all of these other things that I, I had to rely on the toolbox as Carrie's relent, you know, mentioned, if I didn't have that, I would have relapsed and I wouldn't be able to handle all these emotions that started flooding, um, over me. And so I thought I had a good handle on my spiritual journey. And then when that happened, it took me to another level. Yeah. And, and that next level, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that there's not more levels past that, you know, because ultimately it's all about living a better life. Um, having that spiritual connection with a higher power and, and loving others ultimately at the end of the day. And, but first you have to know how to love yourself. If you don't know how to love yourself, you can't love others. And finding that self-love through, you know, with your higher power, working the steps, working the programs, that will bring you to that level of consciousness, that spiritual awakening, that it's almost like all of this material worldly stuff just falls away. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter anymore. 
And when it goes to what Carrie does with the counseling, until they could begin to emotionally put coherent thoughts in a row anyway, you're spinning your wheels. So the, the important right. thing is, to, to Carrie's point, is that they, uh, that they begin to develop a foundation of just of, of proportionality, of reasonableness, right? Uh, that they, uh, that they uh, are, are exercising to some degree, to, to some degree, personal discipline, so self-discipline. So I tell the guys that I work with that in the beginning, what we do take self-discipline. Eventually, it becomes spiritual muscle memory. You'll know when you're in your defects and you'll know when you're in your assets. But how do we, how do we prepare people for uh, just a what do I got to do today to get through today type of, uh, type of mentality, right? So they're not projecting way out into the future. They've given up the remorse of the past, right? They've set that aside. They, they focused on the day. This all stuff that comes from 12-step programs, or at least that's where I've learned it all. Uh, but the, uh, uh, how, do we, how do we carry, begin to build a, just a foundation of proportionality and reasonableness to folks who, I have people that, you know, they're, they're sober three weeks and they're talking, they're asking me if I, what I know about 401ks, you know? And, well, you're not there yet, right? You, you're, you're, clearing tables at a restaurant. So don't worry about that yet. What do we got right. to do today to get through today? We're not in retirement phase yet, you know? So the, there has to be a, uh, a progression, a, a reasonable, rational approach to these things. Carrie, what do you, what would you say to that? Well, I think that one of the most basic formulas for living, it sounds like you're kind of hitting on that. So that's what I think of Yeah, is obviously there's a negative side to it, which is staying away from things that aren't helping your survival and your well-being staying away from those things. If certain people are toxic to you or certain people are bringing you down or putting you in a bad way, well, I, that's obviously don't hang around with those people. And if they're in the family, then for me, it, that's a more delicate situation. And I do what's called good roads, good weather. I don't antagonize people that might upset me. Mm -hmm. Like why hit a tiger with a stick if you know it's going to claw you to death. So I'm not, I'm not, if I know that certain things are going to upset me, why are you bashing that tiger with the yeah. stick? So, and, and you can apply that law to so many things, but I stay away from those things or don't antagonize things that can come and bite me back and put me in a bad way and put me in a bad frame of mind. So one, staying away from like, if watching horror movies gives you nightmares, well, geez, stop watching horror movies, yeah. please. Uh, and if you know staying up late is really not a wonderful formula for living and it's doing more harm than good, then you really set your timer and go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with playing too much video games for some people. It's just after a certain point, it becomes mentally not good for you. Um, it, so one of the formulas for living for me is I continue to do and strengthen those things and those people and those relationships that have a good effect on me. Mm -hmm. They help me to do better. Certain people like hanging out with Samantha, it's just, it goes better. Yeah. We just together, yeah. we're just incredible synergy and good things go better. If certain people, like let's say Samantha and I got together and she started criticizing the way I look and she didn't like my blue shirt and she thinks my hair is too gray and I should use some kind of formula to make my hair grayer. And she, and when I'm around her, she's really complimenting, but at the same token, she, I'm starting to feel bad about myself. I might limit that friendship, Sam, 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, Carrie, I'll make sure. So you, to you, make everybody has to learn sure. to set healthy boundaries but, but socially. The point, is, the point is that if, I mean, really it's a smart formula, I think. If certain things are not empowering you and they're really kind of like hanging with certain people or a bad example for you and they get you caught up in drinking and caught up in, in arguments and caught up in this and caught up in that, then just don't do that. If that TV program gets you down, stop watching yeah. that TV program. Garbage in, garbage if, out. It, and if a yeah. certain kind of person, if a certain kind of person is empowering and you do better when you're around them, well, obviously those are the kinds of people yeah. and the kinds of situations that are self-empowering and you're going to do better. I mean, people get sick hanging around the wrong people. People yeah. have accidents hanging around the wrong people. You're working at a job that's not good for you and you find yourself drinking, go get another job. It's not worth it. I had, I'll tell you this real quick. Somebody offered me $125 an hour to work at a company to train people for 12 hours a week. Mm -hmm. That's a dream yeah, job for me. That's nice. Well, the person I was working for was connected to very bad people. And I found that out after two months of training his staff. It was a company in uh, Virginia. And I found out it's connected to very, very, very bad people. And I was on my conscience for weeks. I'm like, I need the money. <laughs> yeah. I got but at new what baby. Price? I got new babies. I need like a couple, you know, at least three G's a month or two G's a month. I'm renting a house. I got a baby food, diapers. But that connection put my family at risk. Yeah. And so I removed the connection and boy did my life get better. Wow. Yeah. So really important to have around me. Don't eat foods that I know are going to make me sick. Don't hang with people that is going to make me sick. You know, that kind of thing. So I don't know if that answered your question, Kevin, but that's what I thought of when you were asking me that. Well, it does because they're, uh, the, you can't fill a cup from an empty vessel. So we have to have somebody speaking into our lives, positive, uh, affirmation and, and, and correcting us, rebuking us when we're wrong. Somebody that we call it a mentor in, in building 12, but in, in, in the 12 step programs, they call it a sponsor, but somebody that, that you can speak to. Now, when I was going to kill myself 14 years ago, whatever it was, I didn't have a friend in the world. There was nobody I can talk to right now. God has saved yes. me the way. I see it. God saved me for the second time. I have nobody to tell it to. And it was, it was insanely lonely place to be. You know, I'm halfway yes. through my life and I don't have any friends, but I have his money, you know, and that's going away. So the, right. uh, I derived all my self-worth from my ability to make money. I owned a plumbing company, and when I couldn't make money anymore, I felt worthless. It's perfectly logical, right? Yeah. It's exactly what you should feel. So the the idea is is I tell the guys to play small ball in the beginning. Now, I work with people that are uh, that are not Christian or or not even a heterosexual or struggling mental illness. I, I preach until Corona broke out. I preached in a psych ward in a hospital locally once a week. And wow. uh, talk about a tough crowd, by the way, because they get up and walk out while I'm talking. Uh, I end up I end up finishing with just the staff. <laughs> but the uh, uh, I could drive you to being on psychiatric yeah. drugs. Well, the good thing I yeah. have that relationship with a higher power. I tell yeah. people very simply, what do you got to do today to get through today? And this is all advice that's helped me be reasonably happy. You're not going to fart fairy dust everywhere you go because you quit drinking or you got out of jail. Help somebody every day. Don't hurt anybody. That's a big one. And then maybe yeah. learn something new. If you can do that, now that Tony Robbins and Joel Olstein aren't going to sell a lot of books with that approach, but do that 365 times in a row and tell me how your life is now, right? So the yeah. the idea that we that we uh, live proportion, rationally and proportionate, which is kind of where Kerry would come into the equation with his counseling, is we, we just have to uh, – 
Uh, the best advice I ever got was to play small ball, and I can tell you that this version of Kevin, while I'm broke, uh, is the easiest version of Kevin I've ever had to be in my life. It, it's peace. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding, like we're promised. So uh, there's opportunities for folks to get better, right? And yes. and, and there's yes. resources out there for folks to get better. I'm going to talk to the camera here real quick, and then I'll be right back to you. Uh, we're going to stretch our emotional legs here for a minute, folks. If there's anything I can do for you, message me at godlogicproject.com. If you need, if you have somebody or yourself struggling with addiction of any kind, any debilitating obsession keeping you from God's best, if you just needed some spiritual advice, I'm taking a lot of those phone calls right now during the, the coronavirus. If there's anything I can do for you that's really the nature and the purpose of this God Logic Project uh, is, is to work together through, through uh uh, resources available here in Florida. And now I have resources even outside of Florida. So if I can help you, message me, godlogicproject.com. Please subscribe, ring the alert bell, encourage others to do the same. You'll get a little reminder every time we upload new content. I'm trying to build a ministry here and uh, and continue to serve this community. Uh, and uh, it, I'm going to put up, in, I have in the comments section down below already, uh, links to all of their contact information. So if the folks that... that uh, uh, that you're, that are on the show today, if they can help you in any way, their information, their contact information is going to be in the comments section below this video on YouTube. Uh, we're here to help. We uh, uh, we have different approaches, but we have the same goal, and that is the betterment of society and betterment of the people around us. So uh, uh, that's my little plug. That's what I'm saying. I thank you guys, of course, for shopping. Uh, if you're shopping on Amazon anywhere, you're going to GodLogicProject.com, clicking on the Amazon logo, shopping like you normally would. But Amazon's sending a couple of bucks to the GodLogic Project Health for paying for uh, the this cost of running a studio. So I appreciate you guys continuing to do that. I'm not going to ask for any money, but I will tell you that uh, there is uh, there is a charity, and the comment is down below. There's a fundraiser for local West Pasco hospitals, for the staff at local hospitals who are dealing with the coronavirus. Uh, there's a charity being put on uh, to raise money just for coffee and donuts for the staff. We'll drop them off uh, at the staff. Uh, ASAP and RCO are putting together the, uh, are putting that together. They reached out to me today, and I've got the link for that down below. You can you can text uh, you can text in your support, your financial support, and they will they will buy resources for the staffs that are working doubles, sometimes triple shifts, dealing with the coronavirus and every other thing that's going on in there. So uh, that's in the description below as well. And back to you guys. We uh, believe it or not, we're we're sneaking up on an hour already. Kerry, what do you got? I just want to say this real quick. Uh, first of all, I have a classic rock band. If you want to use it for your fundraiser, we played a live Facebook concert last week. We had 400 views in the first day. Wow, that's uh, awesome. I don't know if that's a lot. That might not be a lot. But anyway, um, if you want to use our rock band, classic rock band, we do everything. Steve Miller and yeah. Led Zeppelin and Pat Benatar. We can play for your fundraiser. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, we could even do it next Saturday at 2.30. We do our concert, and we'd be happy to just do our live show. It's an hour. We'll play from 2.30 to 3.30, and, and we'd be happy to play for what benefits for, you're talking about For that about benefit. Here. So if, if you're watching from, uh, from ASAP or from RCO, Kelly, Rachel, if you're watching this, Kerry's uh, uh, contact information is down below. May help raise some interest in this in this thing. They put it together awful quick to try to just to – on a whim to try to raise resources for folks that are really killing it in the healthcare industry right now. Uh, but I appreciate you doing that. And in the, uh, uh, again, if you would message me, uh, that information at godlogicproject.com, I'll get it. I'll get that also. Uh, can I give you my email? Yeah, there it is. Can you see that? Okay. 
Uh, Gary Florida. BG. Gary yeah. BG. Gary BG. Oops, I missed my number three. So Gary. <laughs> two. My own email. Gary BG three at gmail.com. That's my email. All right. So the. Uh, Sorry I'll get that. that. I'll get and that in I the comment a, section below. I want to give a book to anybody who wants one. I can give you a bunch to give out, or I can anybody who wants one of these, they get it free. Okay. And then I had one more idea. Something I do, and I like to tell people, I've been doing this for over 20 years. I make a journal. Like, I keep track of all my goals each month. Everything I want to accomplish, I write it down. I make it, I write it down on here. Like, January, this is November. All, yeah. Everything I want to do for November. And that kind of keeps helps keep me on track. Yeah. I Now that um, I'm retired, I need structure. So, I, I rely on everything uh, being predictable. Otherwise, I fall to pieces. That's a great plan. It's like a few dollars to have one of these. And then I just put my decisions for January. My, well, we're into April. So, I put everything I want to accomplish in April. And then I'm checking it off as I'm getting it done. Small and large. And that actually will build personal confidence. Because now, I'm doing exactly yeah. what I'm trying to do. And not being necessarily run by the environment if you will yeah and there's there's people right now that are schooling their kids at home that can use your book that uh that uh they've 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 never been in this position before i'm a plumber turned pastor now i'm a school teacher and a principal to boot uh wow. so the there's people that uh there's people that uh, uh would would really benefit now from the resources because a, a lot of the feedback i'm getting is people are overwhelmed being with their kids all the time uh, <laughs> i've had Four years since I got hurt, I've had four years to get used to it. But uh, some for some people, it's overwhelming, and I know it is. I've been there myself. So I appreciate, Carrie, I wanted to say I appreciate what you do, and thank you for being on the show. We're going to wrap it up here in just a little bit, but the uh, I wanted to take a second to thank you for what you do because uh, there's not enough uh, uh, there's not enough people with, with talents and, and treasures and, and, and time to, to pour into these things. Uh, the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. So whenever I get to meet somebody new pulling in the same direction, uh, it really is a blessing because sometimes, and, and Samantha might tell you, sometimes you feel like you're doing this stuff alone. And, and one, of the, one of the fruits that the God Logic Project is, is bearing in my life is I've developed so many resources uh, for, for the recovery community and the spiritual community uh, just from doing the podcast. So that's been awesome. And, and I include you now carrying that. So I appreciate you taking you. the time to be on the show and uh, hopefully we can affect some lives uh by it's by my it's my honor to be a part i appreciate you having me and obviously we're a team so everybody's got to help each other because yeah. you never yeah. know what one person can do yeah and that is uh my my what always bothered me is people would call me i kind of have a, i don't keep my my uh, addiction history a secret so uh, i'm not very anonymous so the uh People, I get calls from other states of, of family members that said, my cousin told me to call you. You would know what to do. Uh, so uh, there is, uh, but sometimes I feel like I don't know, I don't know where to turn for these people. Now in the last year of, of running this podcast, not a year yet, year in April, uh, I'm beginning to see that, uh, that there are resources available. It just it takes coordination and contact. And that's, that's yes. uh, certainly Samantha, Samantha, that's certainly your networking. It seems to be your specialty. You and I met at a Trinity security ally, their third annual, uh, uh, conference, the church security yes. conference. And, uh, Jim is a good friend of mine. He's been on the show probably three or he's probably been on the show more than most people, uh, except for me. Yeah. Uh, and he's, uh, but that's how you and I met through Celebrate, Re you were there representing Celebrate Recovery. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to wrap it up now, but I wanted to thank you too, just for your energy, because guys like me, 
move at a, at a slow pace, but there's people like you out there that, that are setting the world on fire. And, uh, uh, I, it, come on, Kevin, you're doing great, man. You're doing great. Well, you are two years ago, I couldn't use a computer. Great. Now I'm running a podcast. How's that for, uh, for bouncing back? But the, I want to pre I appreciate your energy and the dynamic approach you take to, to, to finding solutions for in a community that there's, a, there's more questions than answers sometimes, you know. Every, every answer develops another question. So this is a tough business we're in, and uh, it, yeah. it's hard to not lose heart and, and to just be slow and steady and keep going and never give up. Uh, I, I tell folks, as a pastor, we're called John 15 to abide in the vine, pay no attention to the fruit because that's not your business. And if I were to count the fruit of my endeavors the last 30 years, I'd have quit 29 years ago. Right. Because yeah. most people don't stay sober. Most people don't stay clean. They don't stay out of jail. So statistically, we, we want to keep uh, keep forward pointing. Right. And not and not looking at uh, at the at the wreckage of our past, in a sense. And that's where you uh, that's where you seem to really excel. Every time I meet you, your even your text messages are like I have to scroll to get to the <laughs> bottom of it. It's uh, there's so much energy there. And I love that. So we're going to sign off and, and let people know. Uh, uh, if give me your elevator speech, you're a business person. Give me your elevator speech for recover your life. Give it to give everybody. Uh, if, if you and I were on an elevator and I asked you what you did, uh, what would you tell me? Recover your life is some, it's, it's nothing like anything else out there. It's a solution to a problem. It's, it's state of the art. It's one of a kind. It's all in one. And it's, it's for anyone that's actually serious about turning their lives around and moving on with their lives and, and just not looking back anymore and creating a new life for themselves. And this is the way, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. These are resources that no one else is bringing, but together, when we all work together, this is the way it's gonna happen. And it's not one person or one program or one source. It's a bunch of different programs, a bunch of people and a bunch of different sources put together in a way that's never been done before to actually fix a problem, bring a solution, that uh it's it's just such a need it's such a need and passion behind it like i am giving up my life for this so recover your life it's going to work and if you want to recover your life this this is the road for you well the uh uh the idea of what i like about what you're doing is you are teaching people to fish rather than just handing out fish to them the rest of their lives and you're making them self-sufficient right. self-sufficient Oh, I see Gary has his, uh, did you put your email in the chat, Gary? Uh, Carrie, did you have one last thing to say or? No, I just. Um, if I show uh, that, if I will be broadcasting that chat. So if you're saying something inappropriate, I don't want to click on it. <laughs> no, I was just saying, uh, um, I, I just saying I'd love to get a copy of the program. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then we also had uh, our friends from Da Vinci Home uh, saying thank you all for being here tonight. They, they were on the show and they were, uh, uh, strong leaders like yourselves in the uh, certainly in the recovery community, and uh, uh, there's people out here just regular ham and eggers making a real difference in the world, and that that yes. that gives you I hope. I send people to her. Yeah, that I helps you keep to going. Her. I believe in what she's doing. I believe she's got one of my friends there now um, that I was working with for a long time, and um, you know it's good to have resources like her and a couple other people in the community that are doing. Um, pieces of what of what's needed and um, just to be able to kind of hand them off you know until because it's, it's gonna take all of us it's not one person doing one thing it's gonna take everybody 
doing it all, you yeah, know, yeah. for this to actually make an impact. Yeah. And you don't want to repeat <laughs> services over and over and over again. It's good to coordinate with people delivering similar services. So you know what to focus on and what not to focus on. Right. So yes. as a church, Metropolitan Ministries, I live in the holiday, so there's a lot of yeah. resources here, but Metropolitan Ministries right around the corner. Uh, so we don't need to, to provide services that Metropolitan Ministries is providing so well. There's no sense reinventing right. the wheel. So uh, you can work you can work against each other or with each other. If everybody's pulling in the same direction, every we can make a real difference in this world. And I know because I've seen it. I've seen people all the way through this process. I visited them in jail and rehab, and now I see them as leaders in the community. There's got to be 20 shows, God Logic Project episodes to that effect. So uh, I'm going to look at this camera. I'm going to say goodbye. I love you guys, and I thank you for being here. Uh, that's our show for tonight, guys. Uh, please read the comment section down below. You could reach out to everyone uh, that was on the show tonight. No one told you they love you today. God loves you, and so do I. Receive that. Be blessed, and we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the God Logic Project. And if no one's told you they love you today, God loves you, so do I. Receive that. Be blessed. We'll speak soon. This has been a Rev Kev production. It's like a 70s. <laughs> Mileage may vary. Wait. Shut up, Kevin. Shut up, Kevin. That's my friend Mike Houston telling me to shut up. We enjoy that every week.